Hello world, and welcome to Take a Dump. I'm your host, Jenny Tran. I'm a music educator and singer-songwriter who also loves advocating heavily for mental health. In this podcast, I'll be telling stories about my life-changing struggles with anxiety and how my healing process is going in efforts to show that no one's ever alone in the struggle of coping and healing. And since anxiety oftentimes rides alongside gastrointestinal issues, sorry for everyone in the middle of a meal, I thought of mental health the same way. You'll feel a lot better when you speak your truth and let out anything that had been festering inside your soul. Or whole. (laughs) If this intrigues you, hop on. Get your Miralax and tissue box ready because it's going to be a bumpy ride, pal. Hello, world. Welcome to episode three of Take a Dump. And this was my... This is like my fourth take of the same episode because I'm a nervous wreck and I can't figure out for the life of me how to start this episode. So I'm just going to jump right into it, shall we? So that I don't feel like I'm stalling or, you know, just fluffing it up. So, yeah, uh, what we're going to talk about this episode is self-love, how I struggle with it still to this day. Um where I think the origins came from in terms of having trouble with loving myself, and what do I do currently in order to aid myself to get to the level of self-love I feel like I need to get to. So, um, little background. I thought that I loved myself before. I, um... I was in this relationship in high school and I remember very vividly that I was very dependent on this person and I poured my entire self into this person. And I feel like that kind of thing led to um, just being very depleted of my own self not knowing who I was, kind of living vicariously through people around me. And there was one thing that I've done that that um, effectively broke his trust. So rightfully so, he broke up with me and I remember being incredibly miserable. This was fall of 2012. So I spent October of that month November, December, pretty much the end of that year, just being miserable. And I don't know what kind of switch that flicked in my head the beginning of the next year, 2013, that that made me become this person that's like, you know what? I'm just gonna be happy. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ignore all of the underlying issues that I had, and I'm just gonna frosted over with this with this sense of happiness so I thought it was genuine at the time because it was just an overwhelming amount of frost that I was putting over my issues painting over my issues if you will and um, at this time I was I was also in a youth group and I remember the one thing that was a little bit of a mood booster for me 
was when one of the leaders of the youth group, when we were doing this little dance routine for camp that we were going to that same summer of that year, she was like, one of them said to smile with your teeth, show the pearly whites. <laughs> so I like took that to heart and I was like, ooh, I think I got nice teeth. And I remember smiling so much with my teeth ever since. And I was like, wow, I guess I really am a happy person. I also remember just being very much the type of person on social media to take a bunch of selfies. And then, you know, I thought at, that I was genuinely pretty. So there was this boost of confidence that, or confidence that I seemed to think was actual confidence. I remember loving the validation from getting so many likes on my selfies. And I was just like, yeah, I did a little glow up. <laughs> I was on this huge kick. And I thought I was killing it in those selfies. I was, I was thirst trapping with my face. <laughs> um, and I still have those selfies. I look back at them. And... You know, they, they're, they, they are really nice selfies. But I could see that I was hiding a lot of myself. So the only way that I was sure of this fact was when um, I, up, I was upkeeping this new persona that I had, this happy-go-lucky, carefree kind of personality. I, um, I ended up being in a new relationship in college, 2015, that was when it started. And the first year was an absolute dream. And I was like, man, I'm living the life. Like I'm confident and I'm with someone that's equally as confident. <laughs> and the first year was an absolute dream. He wine and dined me, got me all these gifts and I thought that 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 I was the kind of person that wanted to be just swept up in this way and everything just seemed so perfect and I was viewing every aspect of my life through rose-colored glasses. After that year, that was when a lot of things had changed and I was wondering where where the attitude was, you know. Um, there's, there, there's been points in our relationship where things started getting a little spotty, where, where communication would be off, where I would suspect a bunch of weird shit happening in our relationship, and then ultimately, years down the line, I started feeling drained, depressed for some weird reason. And it was unexplainable. I didn't want to blame it on him because it, he just seemed so perfect to me at the time. And so, yeah, I spent maybe the next three years of our relationship just being miserable. And then when he finally broke up with me, I that was when I knew that I've repeated that same damn cycle over again. When I love someone, I put my entire identity into said person. And then each time I'm broken up with, I wonder why I feel so depleted, so empty inside. And then 
So this whole healing journey from that last relationship, which like that relationship ended 2019, I've come to realize that that entire persona that I had, the whole quote unquote confidence I had from taking these selfies, from from putting on this face of just, I love myself, yes I do. It was all fake because the moment that I'm down in the dumps, I hate myself. <laughs> I, 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 I wonder why like I act this way or why I, I allow myself to feel other feelings aside from, aside from positive feelings. And so that's when I knew that I had a lot of work to do. And then, so yeah, that it, it, it was all fake. And then I now, I, I now realize that. And um, another reason why I realized that my love for myself was just fluff was because I was allowing, unknowingly allowing people in my life that would that would manipulate me or would lie to me or just not be their best selves when they're around me. And to me, like that, that was the norm. I excused a lot of that behavior as well. So I'll take accountability for that. And that, that's a whole nother thing. But I now realize that the reason why I excused all that behavior was because a lot of that behavior was happening at home as well. So that was very much the norm for me, just manipulation, entitlement, and things along those lines. And so I was taught at a very young age to just excuse those things. You know, my parents weren't explicit in saying that, but their actions implied that I was supposed to excuse all of that behavior. Yeah, so there was that. I allowed so many things. And a third telltale sign that I have a hard time loving myself is that I have a hard time giving myself credit where credit is due. There'd be people in my life that tell me that I'm so, that I'm so talented and so accomplished. And I still have a hard time believing that. I'm sorry. Let me go ahead and get my tissue box <laughs> it's getting real okay so i'm back i got my tissue box and i continued talking and i thought i was done with the episode but alas i forgot to press record <laughs> i forgot to press record so here i am re-recording what i can remember from the top of my head so i was just talking about how I have a hard time giving myself credit where credit's due, right? I, whenever I would listen to my songs, I cringe a little bit. I'm just like, who the fuck would listen to this shit, right? And whenever I would teach, I just feel like I'm not, I'm not good at what I do, even though People around me would tell me that I'm great at what I do. I just don't believe it myself. And so I have a lot of work to do in that sense. And it, it, it's just it's just hard um, to, to come to that realization. 
because I just don't believe it. And now I'm starting to extend some compassion to myself because I don't think I was ever taught to actually believe in myself. And so as a result, I allow so much bullshit in my life. I don't allow my voice to be heard. And I just feel cornered every second I live in this world. And that's not fair. And I don't think I should ever live my life like that again. But we all start somewhere, so that is something that I'm currently working on. Just believing that I'm actually capable of doing the things that I'm doing. So, yeah. Now let's go ahead and turn to... <laughs> turn to page... the next page. <laughs> and... This is the one thing I'm currently doing in order to remind myself of the things that I'm living for. And they're tiny things, but I think that's what matters. It's the little things that count. Because a lot of the times we get swept up with just obligations and work and things we have to do as adults. We tend to forget the things we enjoy. So there was this book that I read a while back called Eat, Pray, FML. It was written by Gabrielle Stone, who's an actress in LA. And she had a very intense storyline. I'm not going to spoil it, but it was a bunch of shit. Crazy ass timeline. But those events that happened to her made her confront her deepest of demons and wonder if she actually loved herself enough or is there other things that she could work on for herself in order to attract better things in her life. And so she also held the belief that nobody had taught her to love herself. And that's what society doesn't teach us either, you know? They teach us to do these fluff things, but what do we have to do in order to love ourselves? And so what Gabrielle came up with is a thing called self-love cocktail. And what the self-love cocktail essentially is, is a list of things that really make you happy, that you love to do for yourself, that you don't need help from someone else to do it. So the very things that you could give yourself at that moment to make you feel better. So part of her self-love cocktail were things like dancing, going to therapy, going to the gym. And I just thought that was a great idea. So I started coming up with my own list and my list comprises of things like having a cup of coffee every single morning, taking my scooter outside and just riding my scooter for about an hour or so. Um, coloring, I think, is also part of my self-love cocktail. I need to revisit that. Because I had two coloring books and they're like, what, a third done out of the way? I, I need to do that. And knitting is also part of my self-love cocktail. Uh, journaling is also part of it. Perhaps this podcast is also part of it because it kind of works as a supplement. But yeah, 
So that's one thing that you guys can try as well. So pretty much what you want to do, the premise of that uh, thing, self-love cocktail, uh, is you want to start with maybe a couple of things a day. Just enough so that you can um, be reminded of the purpose of your living. And then I think... Gabrielle said something along the lines of, you know, there will be days where your cocktail is going to be a little stiffer. You know, maybe it's just a vodka on rocks. But uh, later on, as you get used to incorporating just a couple things, and then you end up having the courage or even the energy to add in three, four more things into your cocktail, you have a great mixology drink every single day and I just think that's a really cool concept you know little mood booster and I feel like it's something that you could also keep to yourself it's not really something that's that that you have to showcase but it's really it, it really is something for yourself and not for everyone else to get into you know it's really important to have those things And another thing that I used to do, uh, especially during the winter, because it was just a very miserable winter where I stayed home a lot of the time, I did this thing that I called for myself daily uppers, which is essentially where I would give myself a treat each day, which is probably an extension of the self-love cocktail, but it would be a constant treat so it would be consistent each week so every monday i would give myself a french press coffee that i would make myself at home and then tuesdays would be (laughs) taco tuesday (laughs) that's so basic but whatever um i would experiment at home with different taco recipes for dinner and so that would be tuesdays wednesdays would be wine wednesday which i know might be counteractive for my anxiety because I find that alcohol tends to heighten up my anxiety. I mean, alcohol is a depressant, but I would only stick to um, one to two glasses at most. And then that would be my max each week. So I would try my best to be conscious of that. And I would think of drinking as like an enjoyment and not as something to like just stray away from the stress or the pain of life. So, yeah, I think of it in a more enjoy, in a more enjoying sense. And then Thursdays are my smoothie days. I tend to make dairy-free recipes, smoothies at home, or I would go out and have a smoothie in case I'm lazy to make any. And then Friday is, of course, pancake day, and I have a very I have a very, very soft spot for Fridays now because I feel like my Fridays are always constant in the sense where I really take Pancake Day as a, as a very serious ritual for me. I actually have a recipe notebook that I titled Pancake Day, like I sharpied in the front. I got this uh, notebook from the thrift store for like two bucks and then it has this beautiful tree in front and I took my Sharpie and then I Sharpied Pancake Day in front, all in caps. And then what I did was I split the notebook in half 
That sounds very incredible. <laughs> the Incredible Hulk. I split it in half. Um, sorry. I meant to say that I that I I put it into two sections. So there's two sections of the book where there's a pancake section and then there's a crepe section that I'm planning to build on because I only have two crepe recipes in there so far. And within the pancake section, I have two subsections where there's the healthy section and then there's the indulgent section. The healthy section is just filled with healthy recipes that are pretty much oatmeal based. So my two favorites in there that I have so far are the oatmeal banana pancakes and the oatmeal pumpkin pancakes. Those are great. Ugh. Put a little maple syrup in there. Anyway. In the indulgent section, I have my classic dairy-free recipe pancake, and I also have the Maddie Matheson-style classic recipe. And I have the Japanese souffle pancakes, which those are a bitch to make, man. I've only made them once, and I wanted to die, but I really want to try them again, so I have them in the recipe book. And just recently, I got myself a piping bag, so that's going to be a lot easier to put on the pan. And I have a better pan now, so I might try it. But yeah. Wait, we're still on Friday, right? Oh, jeez. I'm like going on a tangent. Okay, so Friday. Very, very intricate. So I love my pancake days. I think I'm going to stick to that. Saturdays. Since it was the winter, I would drink hot chocolate on Saturdays. And I would do a switch between Mexican chocolate and regular hot chocolate. I think the brand of regular hot chocolate was like Swiss or some shit. That's not the name of the brand completely. Swiss? I think it was Swiss. I can't remember. And the brand of Mexican chocolate that I would usually drink is uh, Ibarra. Like the tablets. Those are great. I love those so much. They're so tasty. Sundays were pretty much a free space day. So I would consider it self-care Sunday. Because usually I would put on a sheet mask that day. But I would not put pressure on myself to do anything that day. So I guess the treat would be to kind of just relax a bit. I mean, I would be working that day, but when I get home, I don't have the pressure of, like, giving myself a treat. So, that's good. And that, and Sundays would be the days that would be my last day of work before my day off, which is Monday, and then the, and then the cycle continues. So that was how I got through a very, very dreadful winter, just giving myself a treat every single day and I called it my daily uppers and I treated it as my medication for my anxiety because as of right now I'm not medicated I'm pretty much um treating myself treating my anxiety with cognitive behavioral therapy and healthy coping mechanisms but if you're on meds and if it works for you stay on them you know and I think that's just very important to 
reiterate, you know, this is not me saying for you to get off your meds. You know, if you're on them, continue taking them. I think it's very beneficial for many people. But for me, I decided to not take them because um, I remember having a bad reaction to, uh, what did I take before? Zoloft? I was on it for a week, and then I don't know what it was. It was either serotonin syndrome or an allergic reaction. A week later, I was in the ER with a swollen throat. And this is to- not to scare you off of taking Zoloft. Like, don't, don't do it. Or, like, don't get scared off, you know? If you're, if you're being closely monitored by your doctor, if you have a certain amount of milligrams that works for you, then yeah, take it, you know, try it anyways, see what happens. And yeah, perhaps I might be on meds later on in the future if I have a hard time coping with things. I might experiment with something else, but I don't know yet. You know, that's all in open book, but yeah. So let me go ahead and close out this episode. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. So you can find me on my website, jennytranmusic.com. That's where all my music is. And any other things you may find there. If you go under what's new, that should be the links to all the other places where you can listen to this podcast. I have a YouTube channel. Take a dump. Go ahead and subscribe to that. If I get to 100 subscribers, I'll be able to change the URL to youtube.com slash take a dump podcast. But right now it's, it's, um, right now it's just a weird number letter combination that YouTube generated, which is annoying, but it's fine. (laughs) Uh, I, I have the link to the YouTube channel right on my website. If you have questions, comments, and concerns, you could go ahead and email me at takeadumppodcast at gmail.com. You could leave your suggestions for other topics I could talk about because I'm starting to get stumped. And yeah, I love you guys. Stay safe out there. And I'll be right back here next week. See ya. Bye.